Welcome to the Intimate Conversations with Deatra Simpson podcast, where we talk about relationships, spirituality, life lessons, and all things that are possible. Today, we're going to talk about stored up hope. It wasn't until this week that it was revealed to me that hope was stored up for me long ago. And that today I'm living in the evidence of that stored up hope, not just for my life, but for my family's life. So every week, right, I do these visualization exercises with this amazing woman by the name of Renee Lesty, and she guides me through a visualization process. And in this process, it's my objective to hear from God through words or through imagery. Last night, actually, I was in this visualization exercise where I was led to a moment in my life years ago, maybe about 15 years ago. And in this particular time of my life, I had hit a rock bottom. And when I hit this rock bottom, I was introduced to God. And when I was introduced to God, for whatever reason, the desire to drink, to party, to do drugs, to have sex, like all of those things was removed from me. And for five years, I spent consecrated time learning about God, feeding from his table. And at the same time, I was in so much pain. I was in so much pain. I would go out and I would minister to other people, pray for people, lead people to Christ, prepare sermons, preach, teach. I even taught praise dance. I mean, I was so involved with this community. And one of the aspects of this community was a ministry that I joined around foot washing. And so we would wash people feet and pray over them. And so in this visualization, I was brought back to that place where I was kneeled down over someone's feet and I was praying for them. And the reason why this had started out is because I asked God, what does confidence to you look like? Because I know what confidence looks like for the world, but what does it look like in your eyes? And so he had took me back to the place where I was kneeled down on my knees, washing somebody else's feet. Going back to that moment, it reminded me of how I was in perfect peace. It reminded me of how I had not a care or a doubt or a worry in the world other than washing and praying over that person's feet. And can you imagine being a part of such a beautifully vulnerable exhilarating experience and going home and crying yourself to sleep. I didn't know how to let God, let alone a human being come into that deep sadness. I didn't have the words to express why I was so sad, why I was so angry, why I was so hurt. But I would wake up and I would go be of service the next day. You know, I was a prayer warrior too, and I would go to prayer and, and, and get to marching up and down those aisles praying. And I remember one day, one of the ministers at the church said, oh, you angry. And I remember being like, I'm not angry. Like, what is she talking about? I'm sitting here ministering uh, to people. I'm praying and I'm studying the word and I'm bringing the word and I'm of service in this community. How dare she say 
I'm angry because I thought that I had covered it up so well. I thought that I had covered it up with being able to pray and covered it up with being able to read the word and getting revelation from the word. And I thought I had covered it up because I was of service and I was counseling women. I thought that I was covering it up, but God had shown me that he was seeing me the whole time and that I could not hide from him. But I was like, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. Because again, I didn't even have the words to be able to say, yes, I am angry. When you grow up in a community, in a home that is riddled with domestic violence and you don't like to be hit and you don't like what anger produces in people and you become afraid of being angry, the last thing you want to do is admit your anger. Because what will happen if I let my anger get unleashed? What will happen if I admit that I am enraged? What will happen to me if the floodgates open to my pain? What will happen to my life? So I said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not angry. Matter of fact, I stopped talking to her, I think. She was doing too much. I mean, let's be clear. I apologized to her first for whatever she felt I had done, and I took responsibility for that. But then from that moment, I didn't talk to her because she had seen me in a way that no one else had been able to identify me. And you know, just last week, we was talking about, are you willing to be located? And in that moment, I was not willing to be located. I wasn't willing to be seen in that way. I only wanted to be able to to give to someone else. And I don't even know where that had came from inside of me really at that time because I was so selfish and self-centered and egotistical and it was all about me. But for some reason, I was attracted to giving more than I thought I had to give. And so what was revealed to me last night is that every time I gave from a pure place in my heart, every time I showed up, And I didn't know why I was showing up, what I was going to get from it, what I was going to be able to give. And I can't even say that it's because of how I showed up that hope was stored for me because I don't think that's true either. I think that this God that loves us so much that he stores up hope for every last one of us. And in that storing of hope that there is healing available to us, deliverance available to us, reconciliation available to us, redemption available to us, forgiveness available to us, a way out of our past, a way out of our pain, a way out of our fears is made for us in the storing of that hope. And so what he showed me last night is that when he stored up that hope for me, that he was making plans for the healing of not just me, but the setting free of not just me, but of my family. And if I had enough time to tell my testimony, you would understand what I'm talking about. The trauma we experience growing up. And when I say we, I'm including my mama too. I love my mama. And the trauma she experienced and how that trauma turned into pain and how that pain turned into trauma for her children. And how we were broken as a family and how that brokenness showed up in us as adults and how that brokenness showed up in us as parents, how that brokenness showed up in us as spouses, how that brokenness showed up in our decisions. But that hope that was stored up for us years ago, it came flooding in in the nick of time. 
I hit my rock bottom, a gift that was given to me. So if you're in a place where you're like, girl, I'm at my rock bottom right now. Or, ooh, I'm too scared to hit my rock bottom, so I keep just trying to run, run, run till I can't run no more. But that rock bottom was a gift to me because when you hit the rock bottom, like many say, all you can do is look up and then get up. And that once you hit that rock bottom, like this is my experience and I believe like this hope that was stored up for me, that it met me at my rock bottom. That that hope that was stored up for me, it was the antidote to my alcoholism. That hope that was stored up for me, it was my deliverance from abuse. It made the way of escape for me. And not just for me, but for my mother, for my siblings, for my daughter, and for everybody that's connected to me. And when I look around my life today, my family is in the best condition it's ever been in. Not that everything is perfect, but we have each other. We have healthy, loving relationships where we have boundaries that we honor about each other. We honor each other. We honor each other's experiences. We show up for each other in love and faithfulness. We all have healthy, loving relationships in our lives. So I want you to be encouraged today and know that there is a hope that is stored up for you. There is a hope that is stored up for your life. There is a hope that is stored up for your future. There is a hope that is stored up for your family. There is a hope that is stored up for your healing. There is a hope that will loose you from your past, from your fears, from your emotional pain. I am a living witness of this hope that is stored up. And the beautiful thing about it is that it's such a gift because it comes when you least expect it. And sometimes when it comes, it may feel like, well, well, my life is in such disarray right now. Or so many things is happening that I don't understand why it's happening. I don't know how I'm going to be able to go on because it's just hitting me from the left and the right and the left and the right. And I can't even catch my breath because every time I look up, it's something else that's happening in my life. It's something else that's happening in my family. And I feel powerless and I feel helpless and I'm angry. And like, why is this happening to me? But I just want you to be encouraged that the hope of God is on its way. The hope of God that is being stored up for you is on its way. So I want to encourage you to not lose hope. Matter of fact, if it was a rope that was in your hand and you feel like you're so tired of holding on to that rope and you don't think you'll be able to hold on to it too long because you've been holding on for so long that you're feeling weary, you're feeling exhausted, you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling like giving up, you're feeling like giving in. And I'm telling you, find the courage and the endurance and the perseverance inside of you to keep holding on to that rope. Keep holding on to that hope. It don't matter how big it is, how small it is. If it's there, then that's all that we need. And I know that hope is there right now. And I want to encourage you to search for the hope that's inside of you. Search for the hope that's in your life, in your relationships. Look for the promise. Remind yourself of the promise for your own life. Because whether or not you believe in God, it don't mean that God don't speak to you. It don't mean that God forgot about you. It don't mean that you're not his child. It just means you ain't met him yet. And ain't nothing wrong with that. This sense of hope being stored up is a new way of thinking and being 
for me because during that time in my life, I was broken. I was worn down by my pain. I was worn down by my my anger. I was so tired of fighting, but all I knew was how to fight, was how to push, was how to pull, was how to tear, was how to destroy, because that's what was going on on the inside of me. And I thought that life will always be that way. In fact, I didn't believe in healing. I didn't believe it was possible because I was so consumed. I was consumed. I was overthrown. It was like, you know, when you watch those shows, when people are buried in the sand and you only see their head popped up out of the sand, like I was buried in my pain. I was buried in my mental anguish. I was buried in my fears. And then, you know, sand is loose until you start packing it down. And and it just felt like I had been carrying the burden of my pain and carrying the burden of my trauma and carrying the burdens of my fear that it was just compounding and packing that pain on top of me. I was just trapped. How was God going to make it out alive? It was no such thing as making it out alive. But there was a hope that I held on to. Even if your hope is the size of a grain of sand, it's still worth preserving and holding on to. Because if you would have told me then what I'm experiencing now in my life, I would have been like, get up out of here. It ain't no way. I'm always going to be in pain. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to be angry. I'm always going to have horrible relationships. I'm always going to desire love, but never get love. I'm always going to be by myself. I'm always going to be unlovable. I'll never get my needs met. I'll always be in fear. I'll never be able to be who I really am. All of these things I was building my life on, if you could call that even a life that I was building my life from a place of pain, from a place of fear, from a place of bondage. That's where I was building my life from. That's where I was building my relationships from. So if you would have told me back then that how I'm living my life today is possible, I would have said, no way. Clean and sober over six years now. Healthy, loving marriage, eight years now. Healthy, loving relationship with my daughter, healthy, loving relationship with my family. I have healthy, loving relationships with my friends. I don't wake up in pain or anger. I don't cry myself to sleep no more. I'm not terrorized by my pain and I for sure ain't chained to my past. So when I'm coming to you and I'm talking to you and I'm telling you it is so possible for you to be loose from your past, for you to be loosed from your pain, for you to be loosed from your fears, just so you can learn how to first of all be and get acquainted with yourself. I was just talking to a friend about shopping. She hates shopping and I actually love shopping now. And I think that I have a really good healthy shopping relationship. And so I was thinking about why do I enjoy shopping now? And I said, man, I just enjoy shopping because it gives me the opportunity to get connected with myself in a new way. And like, it's a childlike experience for me because I'm 
figuring out and I'm exploring all over again. Like, what do I like? Why don't I like it? Why do I like it? Let's see what it looks like on us. And I feel so exuberated when I connect with myself, when I can see something that's tangible, that's outside of me, that connects and aligns with what is going on in the inside of me. And like what that is like to live in a place that is harmonious with self. And something as simple as being able to be connected to what I like and why I like it is significant for a person like me. A person like me who used to just accept any and everything that was available to me. I remember saying to her, like my whole wardrobe was ugly and it wasn't that it was ugly. It's just that I didn't know me. So I had a lot of things that didn't fit me didn't fit my personality. I had to learn my own personality. What do I like? Why do I like it? And that now I can personalize even something like that, a shirt, a pair of socks. I love socks. I go get my little dollar socks from Target all the time. And I'm just as happy-go-lucky, whereas before in my life, I would be spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars going on binge shopping sprees and buying things that I didn't even really care to have and would have a closet overflowing with clothes that I didn't even like or that I bought for a season or that I bought because somebody else said that they liked it for me. But even when it came to something like clothes, I didn't even know me. And so this hope that was stored up for me has created the gateway to me getting to know me. So what has hope done for you in your life? I know for sure hope has saved my life. Hope has saved my life. It saved me from myself. I was on a self-destructive path and it came in and swooped me up. So I encourage you to investigate how has hope been stored up for you and are you willing to hold on to that morsel of hope that you have if you're really feeling like you're struggling? And will you surround yourself or at least invite somebody in your world that will help to add to your hope, to encourage you, to continue to show up for yourself in your own life, to continue to take another step towards your healing, towards your freedom, towards your purpose, towards the life that is meant for you. Wow. I mean, it just blew my mind. Hope being stored up and hope being stored up on your behalf, on my behalf, on our behalf, and what that hope can manifest in our lives. So keep holding on to your hope. Keep holding on to the promise of a new day, of new mercies, of new grace, of what's possible for your life. Because the story is not over yet. Hmm. Store it up hope on our behalf. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Intimate Conversations with Deatra Simpson. It's been a privilege and an honor to reveal myself to you. And I look forward to our next conversation. Until then, take care of you.